Welcome everyone uh, to uh, Peak Human podcast number three. And I'm so honored to have Dr. Lizette Otero all the way from Madrid, who's going to be talking about telomeres and aging. So Dr. Otero, tell me a little bit more about yourself and, uh, and we'll get started. Okay, thank you for having me today. I am Dr. Lizette Otero. I am a clinical pathology specialist. I am also an MBA and I have a master's degree in anti-aging medicine. And now I am working as the chief medical officer and laboratory director of LifeLength here in Madrid. We um, measure telomere length with a cutting edge technique. And with that information, we can calculate your biological age and give you and all the clinicians that work with, with us, uh, tools to make decisions to change and improve the health of their patients. Okay, so maybe let's take a step back because I think a lot of people don't even know what telomeres are. So can you just take us a little bit of a, a background on what telomeres are and um, how they're related to aging? Yes, telomeres are nucleoprotein complexes that are located at the end of chromosomes. Mm -hmm. They are formed by no-coding DNA, a repetitive sequence of no-coding DNA, right. which function is to protect the coding DNA. Right. So they are essential to maintain the chromosome uh, stability. Okay, so they sit on the edges of all our DNA. Is that right? Like these telomeres are Correct. the caps, I guess. Exactly, right. you can say that. Yes. And uh, my understanding is that, uh, you know, as, as we get older, these telomeres shorten. Is that, is that true? Yes. What happens is that every time a cell divides, mm -hmm. telomeres get shorter. This is due to the end replication problem. Mm -hmm. So this means that one cell has a limited uh, number of division cycles. Mm -hmm. This is known as the Hayflick limit. Right. When a cell reaches this limit, mm -hmm. it stops dividing because it enters into the senescence state. It can't can divide. Right. And this is because the, the purpose of this uh, is to avoid uh, problems with their replications. Right. And so do we know that is, does uh, everyone's Hayflick limit is it different or is we all have a certain number, the exact same number of It divisions? changes uh, depending on the type of tissue. Right. Oh, type of tissue. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what, what are the types of cells that have the, the most cell divisions, like the longest telomeres? Is, it, is there a type of specific cells? That, no. Um, yeah, it also depends on uh, physiological conditions of right. the entire body. Mm -hmm. But you can, we can say that the Hayflate limit can go from uh, 50 to 70 division cycles. 50 to 70, okay. Mm -hmm. So um, how, many, how many base pair, like how long is the telomere length when you're born or when you're a kid? It varies um, because uh, we have a massive database and right. we can say that for the same age, different individuals can mm -hmm. have very different telomere length. Right. When you, when we are born, we can have around 12,000 kilobase uh, base pairs 
right. for telomere length. Yes. But but some people can have 14,000, others can have 11,000. It can vary. Oh, okay. And is that genetic? Like how, what determines? Yes, that's the genetic inheritance. Oh, okay. That's so- determined by uh, our parents, um, what they gave us. Mm-hmm. And this genetic, uh, is, there certain, is there certain ethnic groups or populations that have longer telomeres than others? Like is this that they're born with longer telomeres? Um, Do we know that? There is, uh, we have um, the most extensive tel- uh, database, mm-hmm. popul- uh, population ba- database uh, with telomere length. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is um, formed mostly by Caucasian individuals right so we don't have enough uh, information about other uh, ethnic um, groups about mm-hmm. their population distribution of telomere length right okay it makes sense mm-hmm. so so what is the science telling us about telomere length and its effect on on aging like how what do we know about that right now uh, i understand that there's connections with with cancer or there's is it connection yes. with heart disease or can you tell me a little bit about where the science is at? There is a lot of uh, scientific literature that uh, has um, studied the correlation between the shortening of telomeres mm-hmm. or the higher percentage of short telomeres in right. our cells right. and uh, age-related diseases right. like cardiovascular disease, cancer especially, mm-hmm. um, you name it. Uh, Every age-related disease mm-hmm. uh, has a strong correlation with the telomere biology. Right. I just want to take a step back. You're talking about cancer. So let's say if this the telomere length gets so short, then that cell goes into kind of a senescence. You mean like a sleeping or perhaps dies off. Then how yes. does that potentially lead to cancer, Like which is like an overgrowth of cells? Like How, how would that happen? Um, Cancer cells, they develop this um, system or these mechanisms to avoid entering into senescence, right? One of the most important is the activation of the telomerase. Telomerase is the enzyme that maintains telomere length. Right. In physiological normal conditions, most of our tissues have this telomerase activity uh, suppressed. Oh. But in the case of cancer cells, they reactivate this activity and mm-hmm. that allows the cells um, to continue dividing indefinitely. And mm-hmm. that's, where, uh, that's what makes cancer cells immortal. Oh, so this would that, not, I mean, that's very interesting that would that not be something that could be very helpful for people who want to live forever to understand how to, to have a, the right amount of telomerase? activity is that something that people are looking at it is a little bit um, controversial because mm. i know that uh, right now people want to increase in their telomerase activity by taking yes. telomerase activators that That's are right. offered in the market yes but i will be very cautious because knowing what is the mechanism of the cancer cells um, mm-hmm. going uh, immortal, mm-hmm. I wouldn't uh, start taking uh, 
this supplementation really freely, you know, I would be careful. Oh, wow. So that's very interesting. Um, so I'm sh I, mean, I know we're digressing a little bit, but, uh, you know, there is a supplement called TA65 out in, in, in the U.S. at least, and they claim to, to lengthen telomerase, I mean, to activate telomerase. So are you saying that you personally don't take that? You, don't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't advise anybody to use supplements to activate um, telomerase? I, right now, there is not enough uh, scientific evidence to... Mm -hmm. uh, to say for sure that taking the telomerase activator is going mm -hmm. to cause you any trouble, you know? Right. We have some papers that mm -hmm. demonstrate that the dose that this uh, supplementation offers is so little that they probably will not make you any problem will mm -hmm. not cause any negative effects. Right. But we don't know yet the right um, dose. We don't have um, enough studies or clinical trials mm -hmm. to know exactly what is the safe dose that is right. also effective, you know? Got it, got it. Okay, makes sense to me. So, you know, I had my test done. So maybe we should just talk about that. So life length. And the company you work for basically offers a way to test your telomere length. Is that right? Do you want to just talk about the test for a few minutes? And, yes. And Our test is based on a Q-fish. I will explain like from the very basic. Okay. okay. We take a, a blood sample from a peripheral vein. Right. And we uh, have this very actually complex protocol that mm -hmm. has... Uh, several steps, but this, the first step is to separate from the whole uh, blood. We right. want to obtain only the leukocytes. Leukocytes, right. Okay, so yeah. we harvest the leukocytes and then okay. we, uh, we seed the leukocytes in a plate. Mm -hmm. We verify that the cells are alive. Mm -hmm. They are... Um, that they are, uh, they have the uh, the right concentration and the right viability, and we add to these cells two different fluorescent probes. You know, it, it's like staining the different structures of the cell that we want to identify. First, we want to identify the nuclei. Yeah. So we use one probe to stain the nuclei to mark the nuclei, and the other probe, the PNA probe, mm -hmm. is specific to the telomeric region. Right. So, uh, when marking the telomeres, there is a direct correlation mm -hmm. between the intensity of the fluorescence and the length of the telomere. The higher intensity, the longer the telomere. So, oh, got it. Okay, so that's the higher intensity of the fluorescent. Exactly. Uh, got mm -hmm. it. Okay. Got That's it. the second step of the process. The third yeah. uh, step is uh, we go to our confocal microscope, a very big and complex microscope, mm -hmm. and we obtain very high quality pictures from every uh, sample. Got we it. Uh, we do five repetitions of every patient sample. Okay. This is for quality controls, okay? So we obtain several pictures and using 
a very uh, specialized uh, software, we transform the uh, fluorescence intensity mm-hmm. into telomere length expressed in kilobase pairs. Kilobase pairs, got kilobase it. Kilobase pairs, exactly. Okay. And so this is a relative, very accurate, this most accurate test to test uh, telomere, the telomere length that you're aware of in the world? Would you say Right now life, it is, yes. Yeah. Life there length is has no been, other. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. that life has really been at the forefront of testing. They started eight years ago and, and they've been, there's nobody else really doing it at that level. Yes, and that. also we have been uh, continuously improving our technique, our protocols, mm-hmm. also um, making our database bigger every time. Mm-hmm. So really uh, I can say for sure that our test is the most accurate, more reliable, and we are also have the advantage that this uh, technique, this technology, allow mm-hmm. us to process several samples at the same time. Correct. So we can, it is useful in a clinical set, you know? Right, useful in a clinical setting. And mm-hmm. so tell me, like, how many physicians are using your test um, and how many samples have you already had in your database so far? Right now in our database, we have... Uh, around 4,000 samples. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. And uh, how many physicians are using your, your, your testing? Is it in Canada, United States? I'm sure you We have physicians using the test from all over the world and maybe 1,000 just in U.S. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the exact numbers, but right. it's increasing every day. So. Right, right, right. And just for our, our listeners that um, and viewers that uh, you have a webinar series, that webinar series is only for physicians or is open to the public? To it's open to the public. Yeah, Everyone can access to them. And also, if anyone have any questions or mm-hmm. want to know more about our technique, our company, our products and services, mm-hmm. they can contact us directly from right. our webpage. Okay, so I want to kind of go back now to the, the clinical utility of this test. So we understand we can measure this, these telomeres. So can you tell me why is that, why is measuring your telomeres so important? Like, can we actually make some changes that could actually change this? Like, could this actually impact our life knowing our telomere length? Like, that's, that would be, I think, what our users are wondering. Is it worth it even testing? It is worth it because... Um, you should think about telomeres like a biological clock. You know, right. they will tell you how is your aging process right now at the mm-hmm. cellular level. Got so it. With, with mm-hmm. yes. So with this information, you um, and your physician, because we recommend to take the test through a physician, so right. um, the results can be correctly interpreted. You know. Mm-hmm. And you can take that information and mm, along with the clinical information and clinical history of your patient, the lifestyle, you can make decisions to improve this, uh, his or her lifestyle and also to measure the impact of all these interventions in the uh, overall health status of the patient. Mm-hmm. Also, this is a useful tool. Mm-hmm. to predict if your patient is more prone to have age-related diseases. 
Right, right. And so let's just say I, you know, I had to test done, and and to be honest, I have just full transparency, and I'll share my report to everyone uh, later. But I, you know, I'm 48, and my results came back. I was about 43 or something. So what what do you what do you suggest that's proven out there that can help me to even prevent uh, the shortening of my telomeres? What what types of things could I do in lifestyle that can make a difference? I should say that the most important thing that I've seen is yes. stress management. Stress management, yeah. Very important. And so how, it is how important. does the stress do that? Like how is the stress impacting telomeres? Do we know that? The exact uh, mechanism, uh, I would say that it has to do with the inflammatory status of, the, you know, of, the, of right. our body. Right. When we are stressed, we like... Um, turn on all these uh, inflammatory responses. So this is a, from what I saw during all this time and patients is like the most important factor affecting the telomere attrition rate of people. And it's related with other conditions, you know, for example, uh, sleeping, the quality of your sleep. Mm. It's also a very important factor, mm -hmm. but this is correlated directly with the stress level. Also, um, another thing that you can do to improve your health and to slow down your telomere attrition rate is to right. improve your diet, right. stop right. smoking, exercise. This is maybe more um, intuitive. But the stress management is super, super important. So maybe let's take a step into the, you're, you're going down to two different things I'd like to talk about. One is diet. So um, do we know what this ideal diet is? I mean, there are people have said whether it's vegan or whether it's keto or, you know, Mediterranean, like, would you have some sense of what is best for telomeres? The best is the Mediterranean diet. Is it because you're from Spain? <laughs> no, not, not, not because of that. It's because it's proven. It's scientifically uh, proven. You know, there are a lot of uh, papers uh, showing that this uh, type of diet is not restrictive. Right. It's uh, healthy and right. really makes a difference for your health status. So I would really recommend people to um, get to know more about the Mediterranean diet and try to adapt to um, adapt it to, to their style, lifestyle. And what about uh, like fasting? Do we know what the impact of fasting is on telomere like uh, length? There are uh, studies, but in let's say in the basic research uh, setting mm -hmm. that fasting uh, slow down the aging process. Right. Right. Mm, I don't have a direct reference to papers specifically looking for the correlation of fasting and telomere length. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the real life, Real conditions of real people. Fasting mm -hmm. is not um, advisable and is yes. not um, realistic to ask people uh, mm. to fast, right? right? But in laboratory settings, it is true that it's been observed that fasting um, slow down the aging process. Right. And then about exercise. I mean, isn't mm -hmm. that we, if we're exercising a lot... 
Could it not be that we're actually causing greater telomere, like shortening? Like if we do too much aggressive exercise? Yes. Like- Uh, When it comes to exercise, we have to find uh, the right equilibrium because Mm -hmm. we need to exercise. But if we pass this um, threshold and we uh, exceed the intensity that is the right uh, for us, Mm -hmm. it will be deleterious for our telomere level. That's also being reported. Why is the short t- percentage of short telomeres important versus the yeah. average? Why are you doing these two, two different ways of testing? When we test a sample, we actually obtain um, not only those two uh, measurements, not mm-hmm. only the average or the median or the short telomeres. We obtain like almost mm, 200 uh, variables, telomeric variables. Wow. But okay. In the result, we only include these ones because these are the most uh, relevant um, to the, uh, let's say, to the aging, um, anti-aging uh, practice of a physician and also for the decisions that our patients are willing to take to improve their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, that, that so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, it's not the mean, but the median telomere length that is more informative about mm, the distribution of mm-hmm. the all the telomere length in our uh, blood, you know? And why is the short uh, percentage, the percentage of short telomeres important? Because the more short telomeres you have, the more probability to uh, have age-related disease of this patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you um, tell me where things are going now? You mentioned offline that you know your company's looking at uh, using telomeres as a as a biomarker for. for how someone's going to do with cancer, yes. uh, risk for cancer. So do you want to just talk about that for a few minutes? Yes. Uh, we were um, granted by the European Union in 2015 mm-hmm. to do um, this uh, macro project called OncoCheck. This comprises six studies. And the main goal of the studies is to clinically validate our biomarker, the telomere measurement, as a biomarker for diagnosis and prognosis of different type of cancers, like, for example, lung cancer, prostate cancer, uh, leukemia, solid tumors, and hematological uh, tumors in children. And we have uh, already enough data. We are in the data analysis stage of the study. And mm-hmm. we hope that sooner, soon uh, enough, we will have uh, very uh, good results about these uh, biomarkers to be used as a tool to improve the diagnosis of uh, uh, oncologic diseases. So are you saying that you anticipate when uh, for every cancer patient they'll be testing telomere length and telling the patient, okay, this is, 
this is the type of cancer you have? I mean, this is your prognosis for your cancer or it's going to inform the treatment? It is going to be, uh, for example, for prostate cancer, mm -hmm. our tests combined with some um, clinical variables will give us a risk score, will tell us if this patient with this um, clinical condition has a higher, a medium or a low risk or probability to have prostate cancer. Got it. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. So I think that's, uh, that's excellent for now. Uh, so I'm going to probably be repeating my test. And for the viewers out there who uh, watch this, we're going to be giving a discount. Just contact us um, if you'd like to have your telomere test, and we'll, we'll help arrange that. And, and, uh, and then I'll give you some guidance on that. So thank you so much, Dr. Otero. Anything else you want to end off with? or Just uh, tell everyone that testing your telomere length is going to really help you to make decisions to improve your overall health and to um, predict and prevent uh, your um, the probabilities to have any age-related disease in the future. So it is going to be very helpful, especially to uh, make patients to take the steps to improve. Makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've heard always that, you know, describing telomere testing as like the new cholesterol testing. What do you think about that? Do you think it'll be part of like everyone's general testing in a couple of years? I hope, I hope we, we can get in the future uh, to that because it's really informative and helpful. All right. Thank you so much. I hope the uh, rest of your day goes well in Madrid. Thank you for having me. And whenever you need anything from us, you are welcome. Okay. Take care. All right, everyone. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll sign off now on Peak Human um, Podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Okay. Thank take you. Bye-bye.